Okay, we have a clock. And so you know, human beings can speak at 150 words per minute. I have wind gusts up to 190, so I will get through this, amen? I was going to bring you a message, and Pastor J.O. gets up here and does what Pastor J.O. does, and the Lord said, you're not going to bring the message I have for you. And he does this all the time. I have 450 messages on my computer that I have written that have never been preached. So, you know, my wife goes, sell them. We could get some extra money, you know. But do you know, I want to say, I, the title of this message, by the way, is if you run, he will find you. Come on. Do you know we're commissioned to bring Christ to everybody that is around us? We're ambassadors for Christ. Who's going to bring Christ to the people? Google? Siri? Look it. Watch. I'll prove something to you. Hey, Siri, where is God? I asked you theological disquisition. Did you hear her? Wait a minute. Wait. Hey, Siri, where's God? She won't even answer me. Well, let's try one more time. Hey, Siri, where's God? I'm really not equipped to answer such questions. We're equipped. We got the blood of Jesus in us, man. To the cross for you and I, and it was finished. It's time. It's time to believe. It's time to believe. It's time to know that God is for us and that He has poured into us His grace, His mercy. Now, I'm sorry. Hello? I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of preaching and, you know. Who is this? What? Oh, yeah. You know Pastor J.O.? Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, I know he's got ego, but I learned last night that ego is good. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of busy right now. Who is this? I mean, yeah, I know that scripture. If we call upon your name, you'll answer us? <laughs> Wait, you know, this is an unlisted number. How did you get it? Oh, it's God. Oh. Oh, my name is inscribed in the palm of your hand. That means my number is there, right? But you know, God... Uh, you know, come on, I'm doing your work here. You know, I mean, kind of busy. Oh, you answer 24-7. Okay. Oh, and you didn't want to leave a voicemail. And you're not good at texting. Okay. Yeah, we need to hear that sound. Yeah. Okay, Lord. I'll do it. Thank you. Can I tell you something? That we get so busy in the name of church, in ministry, when God wants to talk to us, are we listening? He does still speak in that still, quiet voice. Do you know what a pig-headed, stubborn person I was? When I got saved, my brother-in-law would come and talk to us and say, you need the Lord, you need the Lord. And I says, get out of here. When him and his wife used to pull up in our driveway, we would close the shades and lock the doors. We said, here comes the Jesus freaks that go to church all day Sunday. What do they do there? And he said to me, Charlie, you need the Lord. And I said, clip. Before I step into any church, the ground's going to have to shake, open up, and swallow me up. Well, guess what, Bobby? <laughs> it was 5 o'clock in the morning. We were sitting at our dining room table, and we had an old wagon wheel light, because back in the early 80s. 
And the wagon wheel light starts to sway back and forth. Suddenly, the whole house starts to shake. And the cupboards were opening up and glasses and dishes were falling out. I was restoring this home. I'm into restoring homes. We've restored three homes. And I said to my wife, quick, get the kids, run out. I, I had just leveled with jacks my floors and I thought the house was falling off its foundation. And I'm in my robe and jockey shorts and I go running out of the house. I leave my wife and kids in the house and my neighbor who's making her coffee next door, there I am all exposed with my jockey shorts and she's laughing. (laughs) It was the first ever, say ever, Ever. earthquake in our area. Ever. (laughs) 5.4. If my brother-in-law was standing here, he said, I thought I was going to die getting my brother-in-law saved. (laughs) I walked back in the house, and I looked him right in the eyes, and I said, Cliff, what time is service tomorrow? When I joined MFI, Howdy Slagar was the guy, and it asked you, how did you get saved? Well, I wrote it all in there. Howdy called Mike. He, he thought my pastor, Mike, put me up to it to play a practical joke on him. He goes, no, seriously, Howdy, there was an earthquake. I'm telling you, you can't run from God. I'm getting a little feedback up here, guys, just so you know. Remember I brought that scripture, I was talking about Ezekiel, and they were in the middle of the valley, they were surrounded by death, no activity, uh, weakness, defeat, they weren't moving. By the way, I normally hold this in my hand, but after what Pastor Tracy did to Pastor J.O. last night, I'm going to keep it right here. I don't want to be berated, okay? So, you know, nothing was moving. But suddenly there was a noise, there was a thunder, there was a shaking, and there was a breaking loose. Ezekiel did not, he did not run, he didn't disobey, he heeded the instructions of God when God's voice, the sound came clearly to him. And the sound was, it was such an amazing sound. See, when we believe and listen for the voice of God and he speaks in our life, we've got to make time for him. We've got to be vigilant. You know, it's wonderful to get all these prophetic words. I I told God this morning, you couldn't have orchestrated what you did last night any better. I was standing down and he said, bring the youth up there. I said, no, I'm not bringing the youth up there. He goes, no, bring them up there because I'm going to do a miracle. And a miracle took place last night. And what it was is a young man, where is he? Stand up, where is he? This young man took the word immediately. Say immediately. And he applied it. And somebody's life got gloriously touched. Come on. That's what we do with the Word of God when we hear that sound. Because Ezekiel didn't run, because he obeyed, and because he heeded the instructions of the Lord, the bones came together. I honestly believe if he didn't listen and he would have run from God, those bones would not have come together. We can't run from the voice of God. When we hear that sound, we need to stop. You know, I don't know what they call it. They do it on, um, on the computer. It's like everybody freezes, you know, and they take the picture. It's like a video. You know, God is better than E.F. Hutton. When he speaks, you got to listen. You've got to listen. Don't run from the instruction. Don't run from the vision of God. Don't shut out the voice of God. When you hear a sound, stop and listen. You know, it's like drop and roll. That's where we get holy roller from. That's what I said to my wife. Wait a minute, Sharon. We got into the church and I said, remember they told us they roll on the floor here. Holy roller church. By the end of the service, guess who was rolling on the floor? (laughs) We have been commissioned where? 
2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You're an ambassador. You're a king's kid. You were bought with the blood of the lamb. You've got the very power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That dunamis power is inside of you. Use it. Take the words he gives you, and it goes on to say, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become righteousness, righteous in God in him. He makes an appeal to the world through you and I. When Jonah ran from God. Oh, come on now. Huh. He found a ship heading to Tarshish. He wasn't supposed to go there. God told him to go to Nineveh. That's where he was supposed to go. But he ran. He disobeyed. And can I tell you something? When we don't listen to the voice of God, when you don't listen to the voice of reason, when God is talking to us and we run from his word and we don't obey his word, he's always got a boat ready for us. Right there. He's got it ready to take us away. And guess what that boat will do? It'll take us in the opposite direction of where God wants us to go. Come on now. Oh, don't go quiet on me. I'm from New York. We're noisy people. Come on now. We're not quiet in the house of the Lord. We make noise. God tells, tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, he, which was northeast. He goes southwest to Tarsus. See, the devil makes it look so easy and convenient to disobey God. But the word says it leads to death. The death of vision, the death of forward momentum. When we don't take the vision that God puts in our heart. And get this, when I was studying this, Jonah paid a fare to get on that ship to Tarsus. And it says he went down into the hull of the ship. <laughs> when we disobey God, we will definitely pay for it. We may think that's a ship of escape. But there's a price to be paid. See, running from God will always cost us more than we're willing to pay. Disobedience will always, say always, always, take us down and it will hold us down. Listen to this quote. Sin will take you farther than you want to go keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Jonah got on the boat to take the easy way out. But when we take the easy way out, we lose out and we miss out. Because God spoke destiny in early. What do we miss out on? We miss out on the supernatural. We miss out on the vision and the destiny that God has for us, both individually and corporately. We miss the purpose that God has for us. We miss the opportunity to partner with God. And God is not a silent partner. When you say, I'm partnering with you, he speaks into your life. You need to take that, adv that advice. He is God. And when he calls you, you know, I've had people say, well, I call upon the Lord and then the Lord answers them and they don't like what God's got to say. <laughs> it's the strangest thing, Pastor. When, when I was the executive pastor in our church, we had all these um, women that, you know, their husbands weren't serving the Lord. And every Sunday they'd come up, lay hands on me. We need, I need my husband to be saved. I need my husband to be saved. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying. This lady's husband gets gloriously saved, set free of alcoholism. She left the church. How dumb can you be and still breathe? Excuse me.
So me and my wife went visit her. I, says, I said to her, Rose, what, what's wrong? She goes, well, yeah, I wanted him to come to church, but look at all the tension he's getting now. Be careful what you pray for. I lost a motorcycle because of my wife's prayers. <laughs> anyway. I used to like to ride my motorcycle and let the wind blow in my hair. Don't you like to? Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> let me tell you something. When you don't listen to the voice of God, he sends a storm. Oh, not God. He would not say, yeah, God allows. I can take you to Psalms. I can take it and show you storm after storm after storm that God brought upon people. And then, and then they would say, but the Lord came. God allows things in our lives. You know, Jonah got thrown overboard. Do you know everybody on that ship? When the storm came, they were throwing all their prized possessions overboard. Imagine what Jonah was saying. What's going to happen when they run out of everything they're going to throw off the ship? <laughs> Can I tell you something? When we get into a mess with God and we're disobedient, we don't listen to the voice of God, our mess gets on everybody else. Wow. Our loved ones, those that are around us, it, our mess gets on them. And how do I know this? I'm not preaching to you out of a book. I'm preaching out of my life. My nickname is Peter. <laughs> I stick both feet and both hands in my mouth at the same time. <laughs> I've done so much repenting, I have knee pads now. <laughs> you know, you get older. I went to the doctor and I said, Doc, when I walk, my knees click. He says, welcome to arthritis. <laughs> I said, it's a ticking sound. What do you suggest? He says, try not to tick while you're going through the airport. <laughs> oh, I love you. Can I tell you something? God doesn't put storms in our lives to destroy us. He sends storms in our lives to turn us back to his original calling on our lives. That's why he wants to get our attention. That's what it's all about. Come on now. Keep your faith. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is a substance, come on, of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We've got to keep our faith. This church is forging ahead in its destiny. There is a prophetic destiny. The manifest hand of God is upon this church. When we pulled in this morning, as we were walking in the door, I saw a huge well in the front of the building, and I said, Lord, what is that? He says, I'm coming to visit this church for one year. I'm going to sit at that well, and I'm going to dip in a cup of cold water fresh water for everybody that comes in and they will be healed they will be set free addictions will fall off of them families will come together we need to believe we need to believe oh but our faith is being tested and I don't have a lot of time to get into that but you know what the Bible says in James count it all joy yes. what when they, in 1995, they gave my wife a year to live. And one of my friends, <laughs> kind of like one of Job's friends, he goes, Charlie, count it all joy. I wanted to smack him. <laughs> I wanted to lay hands around his neck. <laughs> count it all joy. He says, yeah, God's teaching you something. He's teaching you how to have patience. He's teaching you how to be persistent. Hupumeno. Yeah, this is right from him. I, he goes, you got to have hupomeno, Charlie. you got to be persistent. You have to have faith that contends against the very hindrances, the persecutions, and the pushbacks that come against you. You've got to have faith. Well, the world says this, but my God says this. You know, someone said to me, there's over 6,000 promises in the Bible. Who are you going to believe? The world? I looked at the doctor and I said, my wife had to actually pull me out because I wanted to kill him. I'm sorry. I, by the way, I'm just honest with you, okay? 
You guys all know Bob McGregor. He's honest. So, you know, just let you know. She's pulling me out. And as she's pulling him out, I'm yelling at the doctor. I thought, she goes, they're going to call security. You're going to go to jail. But the Lord said to me, learn to wait on me and stand on my promises. Hebrews 10, 35, 36 says, keep on being brave. It will bring you great rewards. Learn to be patient so that you will please God and not be given and be given what he has promised you. Our trials produce persistence. Stay on guard. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Put on the whole armor of God every morning. Who goes to war every day without putting on your armor? You know, I was thinking when you had the arrows last night, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when we're not precise with what God is telling us in the voice of God, you know, we're shooting toward that window and we miss and we miss. And you got people walking out of church and people go, where'd you get those arrows in your legs, church? (laughs) We've got to be persistent. We've got to know what God is speaking to us. We've got to be unmovable. We've got to be unshakable. God, we got to put ourselves in training. We've got to, we've got to get the courses under us. We've got to learn our Bible. We need to read our Bible. We need to have altar time. You know, parents, I'm telling you, every morning we lay hand on our children and said, Lord, put a hedge of protection around them as they go to school. You know, my son was in college, he, our oldest son, and he would come and say, Mom, I got tests today. Would you pray for me? Come on now. You can't run. You can't run in the heat of your testings. You won't break through what God has got going on in your life. You won't get the vision. You won't get the the destiny God has for your life. You've got to break through. And sometimes it's horrible. Sometimes it's really hard. But I think about what Jesus endured. And then I say, you know, I said to somebody, you know, look what Stephen did. He got stoned. Are you being stoned? Have you been boiled in oil yet? Have you been chopped up? When you say, I believe, not the Macy's slogan, I believe, let it embrace, let it be an endurance to your drive. Come on now. You okay? Can I say something very simple to you? It's a favorite saying of mine. Prosper where you're planted. Oh, but I want to prophesy like that. I want to do what they're doing. I want to be happy with what God's got you doing and do it well. Listen to his voice. What has he got for you? You know what? Abraham waited 25 years for his promise to come to pass. We want to throw our promises in a microwave oven and say, there it is. Do you know it's easy to give up on God, but can I tell you something? He never gives up on us. His promises are true and amen. It's impossible for him to lie. We've got to remain submitted. We've got to remain committed to the things that God has for us. Why? It matures us in our faith. And each time we pass a test, we mature a little bit more and a little bit more. And wisdom starts to come on us and we start to grow. Abraham stayed under spiritual authority. He kept a guarded heart. He prayed and he worshiped and he read. He got into the word of God. He believed the word of God. We've got to stay under those things. Authority. Keep our heart guarded. Why do we need to guard our heart? Because the Bible says the heart is the most deceitful thing there is. And then it goes on to list everything that's in there. Murder, stealing, holy smokes. I better put up the guards. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. The word issues is boundaries. Come on now. I want, you know what comes out of endurance? You know what comes out of the trials? Testimonies. Like David, he killed the bear, he killed the lion. I'm going to take Goliath out. We've got to be reminded of what God has done for us in the past. Let me just get back to Jonah. I believe, this is my belief, the quickest way 
to delay my destiny or circumvent my destiny is to allow my vision to perish. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Do you know one of the versions that I studied says that word perish means to have opportunities that God gives you slip through your fingers? I'm tired of being robbed. I'm tired of being pilfered. Do you know what I do when I get up in the morning? First, I check to make sure I'm really alive and I see if there's breath on the mirror, and there is. And then I say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I demand that I take back everything that has been robbed and stolen from me and from my family and from, and from our children. I don't believe we serve a God that will allow that to keep happening. But see, when we run from God, he sends a storm with our name on it. You can disagree with me, but I got to tell you, I got a book of storms with my name on it. Can I tell you something? The storm is not designed to pay you back. The storm is designed to bring us back. God says he's building a new model in this church. There's a new birthing. It's not a rebirthing. It's a new birthing. When I walked in this morning, I smelled baby powder. I says, what is that? And he goes, you know, when you, you know, back in the days when there was no disposable diapers, you had cloth diapers and you used baby powder and that smell, and it tells me there's new babes coming in. God's not going to, there's new people that are going to come in. They're not, you're not going to have to undo religion on them because they don't know what church is. They don't know, all they know is religion. And God is going to cause this church, each and every one of you, to rise above your conflicts, to rise above your troubles. Listen, I'm going to say something to you. God wants, God wants you debt-free. He wants this church debt-free. So the kingdom of God can get out there. Yes. It costs money. Yes. Well, you know, when you're in debt, you're shackled. That's not my word. <laughs> it's the word of God. God's going to put you on a quest in 2018. You need to be ready. The feast of ingathering is about to take place in this church. This is an Amos 9:13 church. The grain and the grapes will grow faster than the harvest. It's going to happen. You watch. You're, you're, you're expand this place is, it's kaput. You need a bigger place. You're going to see, and you watch what God is going to do. You need to start to prepare your hearts because a ripe harvest is, needs to be brought in. When my father-in-law would have a harvest, he had to get out there before the rain came and everything, and he had to do it. Why? Because the former rains and the latter rains are coming together in this house, and the threshing floors of this house are about to be overwhelmed. God is about to expand your borders. God is about to bring a double blessing into this house. I see double of everything, double usher teams, double musicians, double, you know, the youth are going to be up here playing. God is bringing a doubling to this house. Come on. We got that. You got that in your spirit. God is seeing everything that you have put into this church. God is raising up a generation in this church that is going to take your ceiling and make it their floor. And they're going to go higher than you. And if you're upset about it, again, build a bridge and get over it. But that's our job, to get the generation to go farther than we have. There's going to be an incredible outpouring of his spirit in this house. And you're all on the front line. Get ready. This church stands. This church will flourish. This church will stand united. This church is built on the rock. This church is moving in a new faith. This church and the people will know their identity and their destinies in Christ. Today, this church will bear a new fruit. Today, this church is ready for what God has for it. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run from God. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on.
With that, where's Dusty's wife? I got time. I had them set the clock. <laughs> I had them set it, so it gave me uh, the extra time. Come on. Come on. I'm, my wife goes to me, what's it like there? She's with me most of the time. And I says, Sharon, remember when we were kids and we would go to the candy store? When candy was a penny and two cents a piece and we'd be pressed against the glass? That's what it's like. This house is full of the sweetness of the Lord. Each piece of you, each, each one of you is like a sweet piece of candy that God, and my wife goes, she's, she's laughing. She goes, I know what you're saying. I said, Sharon, I said, I feel like they have to drag me out because I just want to pray. I want to lay hands on the candy. So we're going to lay hands. We're going to lay hands on you. And I'm going to pray for you what God has given me, okay? Would you stand up and would you be with her? Glory to God. You know, when I see that as a man, seeing buttons and knobs, I just want to press them and turn them. You know, it's just a guy thing. Just to see what they do. Don't let me buy the soundboard. Anyway, here's what the Lord said when he gave me the name. He says, Dusty's not rusty any longer that he's bringing a new season to both of your lives and you're going to do the uncommon, which is going to bring an uncommon response to the house of the Lord. You guys are like, I hate to say this, but when the parades used to go by in our town and they'd have all the elephants and the horses, in the back of the parade were guys and gals that wheeled garbage pails with shovels and they were picking up the poop. I don't mean to be gross. But God's giving you a net to pick up the poop in people's lives that are slipping through the nets and slipping through. And it's something new. I feel it's something new. And he's birthing it. And you and your husband, you're not retiring. I'm going to tell you something, honey. The day God calls you home, you're going to be ministering. You, you two are just, there's just no retirement because God's put an anointing and a blessing upon your lives. And you're going to save, you, you two are, I see you as teachers and you're going to teach and I see an army coming out of you guys and they're going to go into the community. Bobby, this is attached to you. Somehow everything is connected. These pearls just keep connecting. It's connected. And these people are the forgotten people or the people that have purposely been hiding. And God's going to use you like my father-in-law had hound dogs. They could sniff out anything. You and Dusty are hound dogs in the house of the Lord. You're going to sniff it out. And God has given you the wisdom and the word of knowledge to know if they're pulling the wool over your eyes or not. And through your ministry, I believe this ministry is going to go to other states and other places. And when that starts to happen, there's going to be an influx of people, like the word said, baby Christians that are going to come to the house and their lives are going to be transformed. And I'm going to say something to you. Some of them, their marriages, they're ready to sign the divorce papers. And they're not. And I'm going to give you another one. And this is out of the box for me. Some have divorced, and they're going to get remarried because God is going to put them back together. It's a command from God. Let no man separate. Let no drug separate. Let no illness separate. The blessing of God is on you. Amen? Hallelujah. Now for Jason and his wife. Okay. Go ahead. Jump. I want to jump on this. You know, I think it's it's a wonderful season that you're in. There's seasons um, like this for you where God's saying, this is the season where you would use, used to say, well, what if, what if, what if? And God's saying, now your what if is becoming a what now. And everything that you guys would sit around the table and go, if we just could, if we just could, if we just had this, we just could, we could do it. That's what the Lord's saying. I've been sitting at that table listening to your what ifs. And now I'm here to ready, I'm ready to make them happen. And God is showing me that everything that you have planned out, purposed out, asked about, dreamt about, this is the time to take it off of the shelf and to run with it, to make it happen. And I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, in this season, people start to talk about what's fading in their lives, their eyes, their body. It's certain things are fading away and certain things are, but God's saying, I'm restoring your strength. 
the things that felt like they were fading are going to be strengthened now in this season so that you can run in this race and finish it strong. Just like the prophet said, you and you and Dusty are going to run with complete vigor and complete strength in your generations, the generations, because you're sowing now into this next harvest for your family. You're saying, God, I'm going to sow into your field so that you can reap in my field. And the Lord is going to reap so well in your field. This is harvest time for your family. Your family is about to be reaped in. That in-gathering is coming to your home. It's coming to your family. And you are sowing the seeds into God's family so that your family can get saved. And this, what you're working on right now, is a generational blessing. Your kids are going to carry it on, and your kids are going to carry it on, and your grandkids are going to carry it on. It's going to keep on going on and going on and going on. This is something that you're establishing because you sat down at the table. I see you almost at a breakfast table, a breakfast nook, and you said, I want to leave a legacy. I heard that word legacy. I want to leave a legacy for my kids, for my family. What should we do? And Dusty said, this is what we're going to do. And you both talked about it. There was no arguing. There was no conditioning. This is it. And so God agrees. This is your legacy. And you're going to see one, two, three, four, five, all run after it. And they're all going to live it out to grandkids onward and onward. The Bible says, leave an inheritance. That's what you're doing. You're leaving such an inheritance. I say to your body, be strong. I speak to your body, be strong. The sleepless nights, they're done. You're going to sleep so good. Woo, I'm excited for you. I want to borrow some of that sleepless. Now I want to borrow. Give me some of that sleep. I want to sleep too. But God says this is your season. All throughout your neck, all throughout your spine, all of that's being adjusted. That pain and discomfort that's there, it's gone right now. God's releasing such vigor into you and into Dusty. Get ready to run. You guys are going to feel very, very youthful. Ooh. It says, will anybody cry out, restore? And that's your banner. Will anybody cry out, restore for those that no one else cares about? Get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, for Jason and his wife, uh, when I spoke with Amber on the phone, I told her that I, I kept getting the name Jason. Our oldest son is Jason. He lives three hours from us. I called him up and I said, Jason, are you okay? And, and he said, yeah, Dad, I'm fine. And the Lord says, hey, you're not listening very well. <laughs> It's where you're going. So this word is for Jason. What's his wife's name? I don't even... Jamie. Jason, I don't know why you're not here. I don't know who you are. But I see an international call upon your lives. No, this says the Lord your God. I, I see you, Jason, and your wife with Builder Bob helmets on, those yellow building construction helmets. And God says, everything that you put your hands to, says the Lord your God, I will prosper it, says the Lord your God. I'm going to make, uh, yea, even the concrete and the blocks that, that you will put your hands to, the mortar, says the Lord, will be filled with my spirit. Those will be holy anointed buildings, says the Lord your God. You need to get ready, says the Lord. You you need to get ready because I'm going to start to speak to men and women's hearts and organizations, says the Lord. And you have said, oh man, the river of finances is starting to become a stream and it's starting to become a trickle. But the Lord says, I'm opening the floodgates, Jason. I'm going to allow the finances to flow, says the Lord your God. I don't know why, but I, Jason, I feel to tell you, I see some kind of a hospital unit and in a place where people can come and, and be healed because I feel where you're at is a destitute area. It's a it's like a jungle. It's dry and, and, and man, there's even animals that can come and eat you at night. But God has put a hedge of protection around you and your family. Know this, says the Lord your God. Jason, if you have been feeling that this is coming to an end, there is hope, says the Lord your God. God. Hope is coming. Hope is for today and faith is for tomorrow. It is not time. This thing is not drying up. This thing is not falling apart. You're in transition, Jason. 
I'm shifting the gears and transition is necessary. And Jason, I feel to tell you, you're another one. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Resources are on the way. Because you have sown and because you have said, Lord, you have spoken, I am not going to run and hide. I am not going to be denied my destiny. Jason, I don't know why, but I see hungry children all around you. I, I see people that can't get help. They can't. They're so destitute. They're so empty. Some of them are dying. And I'm going to send a river of life to you, Jason. The river will flow, and where there are desert areas, there will be water. It will flow, Jason. Amber, is that her? No, what, what's her name? Jamie? Jamie, God is going to give you a fresh anointing. You look at the books. I, I feel Jamie is, whoo, I'd hire her. Jamie, because your faith goes deep in your heart, you're going to wake up to checks in the mail. You're going to wake up to wire transfers into the bank account. Jason, your life mirrors Nehemiah, a builder. And I see a building half built. And the enemy is trying to take you off the wall. He's trying, the three stooges, you know, that got, went after Nehemiah are coming after you and they're trying to discourage you. The Lord would say to you, Jason, don't you come off that wall. You keep building. I will supply. I am your provider. I will bring the provision, says the Lord. And Nehemiah saw the wall be finished in record time, the word of the Lord says, in 52 days. Jason, you're entering into it. A new season. Get ready. I'm going to bless your socks off, says the Lord. If I can just say some one thing to Jason, only one thing. I felt like the Lord is releasing to you a prophetic mantle as well. The same anointing that just released onto you is coming upon you. So in that region, they need a prophet. And so release a prophetic word. Be the prophet to that region and allow God to use you to release the prophetic word because the things that you're proclaiming they're coming out of their mouths they're coming out of both of their mouths and they're proclaiming it and they're prophesying and they're saying it but they're seeing it as prayer but the lord says it's not prayer it's prophecy for you are the prophets of the lord that he sent to that territory in that region and that there is going to be literally there's going to be people that come and gather because of the prophetic sound that comes and there's going to be i see government officials that will come and gather to the prophetic sound because they are wanting to hear something for their region as well but you are the prophets that god sent there and you be ready for that i'm going to say something as you're speaking i believe god's going to take you there wherever he's at I believe God's going to bring Pastor Tracy because he's got an anointing to break open he's like the point of a spear you know when, when I used to work for Remsen Arms we would put we had to make this special 3 inch mag for Vietnam when they had to flush out what was in the the brush, they were stainless steel, looked like little arrowheads and they were sharp as razors they would go through they would go through six inches of plywood. They would cut right through and still hit the back wow. wall. That's who you are. God is using you as that steel edge that's going to cut through. And you got to pray about But I feel God's going to bring you there because there's a stronghold that is very difficult to break. But I believe God's put that well inside of you, that anointing that's going to break it. And when it breaks, the floodgates are going to open and it's going to be unstoppable. <laughs> Well, I know where you are because someone told me. I know where you are, and but there are, there are mineral rights that God's going to give them. Mineral rights. Can I? South Sudan. South Sudan. No way. Mineral rights that God's going to give you, and and so whatever ground there is that you are on, there's things under the ground, wealth under the ground that God's going to give you the mineral rights. So I don't know if it's oil. I don't know if it's, if it's diamonds. I don't know if it's gold. I don't know what it is. But that's going to be a key component 
and I would show up to break that open. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on a mantle to bring the wealth of the wicked into the, the house of God, so I'll show up for that. And, and the move in the governments. If you, you and I, we can do that. I'll go in the governments and I'll go into where business people are and we'll go into the marketplace and we'll transform the world. And we'll do something there. That'd be amazing. Is he, is he leaving? I mean, he's, it, it's, are you finished? Oh, we are? I just, I just, I just didn't know because I was sitting there and I wasn't preaching. I didn't want to be left by myself. You're going to have to put out extra chairs for the next service anyway, so. Grizzly Adams and his wife. That's what I keep looking at. Hallelujah. God is going to use you as can openers in the house of the Lord to pop open the hearts of people. There is something about the two of you. You're married, right? You're not married? Oh, dear God, you're engaged. Okay. Well, that's okay. You're close. <laughs> no backing out now. <laughs> or there'll be a storm with your name on it. <laughs> God is going to use the two of you mightily. Your home is going to be a place of, of uh, in-gathering. And, and um, I, I just believe, I don't know, what's your name, son? Chris, there's um, a sweet sound that comes out of you. It's like a symphony. It's like guitar strings just in harmony. But what I'm seeing, Chris, is God's going to use you. I see you running into fiery buildings and, and running in and pulling people out and rescuing them. God is going to give you the keys to hell to pull out. And you know what? You've got some friends that you, you're, it's going right through your mind right now who needs to be pulled out. And God is going to give you an open door into their lives and you're going to pull them out. Honey, I'm going to say something to you. There is an anointing upon your life. I prayed for a woman last night, and I feel that that same anointing is on you. Uh, there's IV bottles on you, too, and it's hope, faith, and charity. And those IV bottles are going to be used to infuse people's lives, to give them hope, to increase their faith for them to believe, and they're going to outpour from what you pour into them. You know what? The two of you, how the heck you two got together is beyond me. You are complete opposites. The Lord is showing me you are complete opposites. But God knows an iron's going to sharpen iron. Get ready. Not only are you married, how, when are you going to get married? Six weeks? June. Okay. Get ready because as soon as those rings go on your fingers and two become one, God's going to propel you into the word he has for you to touch the hearts of people. You good? No. No? That's good. I love that. Where's you want to say something else? Where's Connor and his wife? No, stay there. I'll come to you. I got to work this off. My wife said, you better come home five pounds lighter. I said, J.O.'s been feeding me. <laughs> I might come home heavier. Anyway, do we need to take a collection for new jeans or something for you? Do, do you actually pay to buy them with holes in them? Give me a break. Glory to God. Connor? Yeah, I know, Connor, you know. <laughs> I, I want to say to you, you know, I... I, I I got your name. I don't know what you do here, you know, and I just asked Dwayne, where's this Connor guy? And he pointed you out this morning. You know what's special about you? You're like a Boy Scout knife. I, when I was in Boy Scouts, there was this big fat knife. It had a spoon, a fork, a fish fillet, or a toothpick. It had scissors. It had a screwdriver. It had this. You are an all-purpose man for the house of the Lord. I, I hear you. I hear you saying to pastor, 
I can do that, Pastor. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'll take care of it. You're a, a faithful servant in the house of the Lord, but there's an anointing. There, I smell sheep on you, and 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 you're a shepherd at heart. And and even though you've got all these natural skills, first in the natural and then in the spiritual, you're gonna use the spiritual tools just as you use in the natural for people's lives. You're gonna make their crooked ways straight. And God is gonna use you to speak into them. And you know what? You look around you and you say, well, I, I don't have this and I don't have that. You got everything you need. It's all in that knife that the Holy Spirit gave you. And that knife is your heart and it's it's there. And God has tenderized your heart. And he's got great things in store for you. I'm telling you, the two of you, ooh, I'm a cook. I like to cook. And I have a marble crucible that they use, you know, in a pharmacy when they would crush different medicines and, and fill the capsule. And that's the two of you. You're a crucible. And God's given you the right chemistry to see into people's hearts and to love on them and, and, and help them understand what's going on. What's your name, honey? Brianna, God's going to use you as a teacher in the house of the Lord. He's going to use you to teach people how to seek the Lord, how to have a pure spirit, how to go after things, how to, how to know. You are, you're a crucible in the house of the Lord. Anything that comes into you, you crush it up. You know how to make the right mixtures. God's blessing the two of you. He's blessing the two of you. You've stepped on a Holy Ghost landmine. Just a hint, she really hears from God. Do you know what my prophetic word was when I got set in as an elder at our church? was from Pastor Emmanuel Candace Tracy. Pack church. These were his words. There's a time to speak and a time to shut your mouth. And he turned and walked away from me. I wish I would have heeded his words. Because Peter's gotten in trouble. But she hears. She's got an anointed ear to hear. the. Not that you don't, but she's your balance. She's your best. You know, in chemistry, uh, when I was in college, we, I took quantum chemistry. And we had to use these very delicate scales that were in little wood casings. And the slightest thing would set them off balance. And God says, I will always keep the two of you balanced like the V-twin of a Harley Davidson. That you will be in complete sync, says the Lord. 